Welcome to the Inkfeather podcast, which explores the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy books through those who bring them to life. Every week, we chat with authors and industry pros about their books, including new releases and old favorites. I'm Lauren Searchin with the Inkfeather Collective, and this is episode 57, where I chat with Kate Roach, owner of Hey Atlas Creative. So Kate and I chatted a few months ago, but uh, the pandemic kind of kicked my butt over the summer and into the fall. And so this is definitely being published a few months later than I wanted, but it is actually very timely and relevant because most of what we talk about is what it's like running a bookish shop. Now it's December. A lot of people are making plans for the new year. I am one of them. I love planning out what I'm going to be doing in January and the upcoming months. And um, maybe some of you are thinking about starting your own shop. Maybe some of you are uh, curious about the inner workings of a shop and, and like maybe you don't want to start one but you've always wondered what it would be like running that in the bookish community maybe you already have one and you want some insight from someone who's had one longer and is doing well in it and so this is an episode that kind of covers all of those things Cade has such great advice they really know their stuff and so we dig into um, what it was like starting a bookish shop and what it's like creating for the fandoms. Uh, we definitely talk about community over competition, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, Cade goes into speaking your truth and being vulnerable in an online space. And we also dig into cultivating an awesome Instagram feed because Cade's feed is lovely. Um, and then we end up with a really great book discussion of series that we both love. And Cade actually um, in addition to some fantasy stuff that we talk about, Kate offers some suggestions for mystery thrillers, which is not my thing. And so there's some places to kind of start if you're getting into that genre or you're interested in that genre. So we cover a lot of really cool stuff in this episode. Um, before we jump into it, I just want to mention that next week's episode is going to be with Roseanne A. Brown. Uh, she wrote A Song of Wraiths and Ruin last year, and then uh, recently A Psalm of Storms and Silence came out, and it's an excellent duology. It was really cool talking to her, and we're going to dig into her books next week. Um, so I just wanted to mention that to you, but for now, let's dive into our chat with Cade. I hope you enjoy. Kate, welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you. We've been Instagram friends for many years now. Only recently have we gotten like chatty and like we've been like reading books together. For those of you listening, we are like buddy reading um, Jennifer Armantrout's most recent fantasy books, which are really fun. Um, but I've known of your shop and your business for quite a few years and have been a fan of your Instagram. So it's really fun to kind of have you on and to literally talk shop. Um, <laughs> so for those who are listening who maybe aren't familiar with you and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself and Hey Atlas Creative. Yeah, so my name is Cade. My pronouns are they, them. And I own and operate Hey Atlas Creative, which uh, is first and foremost a graphic design studio um, with a huge range of clients from small shops locally to um, bigger companies like Microsoft and Harvard. Um, but my passion project is a little online shop dedicated to the bookish world and book quotes. And um, I sell everything from stickers to bookmarks to enamel pins and wearables. And it's kind of my happy place and something that I always try to, to make time for in my very hectic life. 
I mean, your shop's been around for a while and I, I, I want to share with listeners like the journey. So like, how did it actually get started? What, what made you want to go that route? Um, kind of take us into the journey of how the book side of things got started. Yeah. So in 2016, I discovered the Bookstagram community and it completely changed my life. (laughs) And finally, I had a group of people who could geek out on books with me and recommend books and listen to my recommendations and just totally fall in love with books um, alongside. And it was amazing. It was the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) Um, And shortly after... um, creating it. So I created mine in July of 2016. And, um, just like four months, uh, four months later, I was crawling up to like three or 4,000 followers, which is crazy, you know? Um, and I didn't, I I was like, I have to do something with this. Like what, what can I use this outlet like for? Um, and I've always wanted to have a successful online shop and I've tried several times since like I was in high school. Um, and, I gave it another shot and within a couple weeks it was super successful and um I was creating products based on books and quotes from books and uh, all of everyone's favorite fandoms and it was a blast and uh I've been doing that ever since. Oh my gosh, it's so cool to hear about. And you told me earlier um your first product was actually a sticker? Yeah, my first products were stickers. Um just to kind of test the waters because it's fairly cheap to make stickers and um, no one was really doing bookish stickers at the time. Mm. Um, I know it's become more popular now, but um, they weren't really a thing. And it's a really cool medium to work in because there's, you know, they're so versatile. You can put them literally anywhere. I hoard stickers. I have a whole bag of stickers that I've collected <laughs> over the years that I won't ever use. Um, but, you know, people put them in, on water bottles and laptops. And I've even seen people put my stickers on their cars. And that's been kind of mind blowing. But um, yeah, it was like a really quick and easy kind of way to test the waters and, um very soon after that, like probably within a month, I was making, I started making bookmarks, um, which is the more obvious route to go <laughs> with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my thing for a while. It was basically bookmark and sticker pairings. Um, so it'd be the same design, you know, the same quote, same design on a bookmark and a sticker um, that you could buy separately or as a bundle to save a little bit of money. And you we're doing, I don't know if this was in the initial product too, but you do like lettering, right? Like all the lettering that you see for the quotes, like for the most part is, is your writing, right? Yeah. Which has also been some, something that I've been doing, something that I've done forever. Um, I've always loved, you know, handwriting and, um, especially writing, you know, quotes and words and, and journals and stuff like that. And so to have this outlet where I could, basically use my style that makes me happy and sell it was a game changer for me. Um, you know, it wasn't really like a popular aesthetic back then. It still isn't really, um, you know, especially in the bookstagram world, everything's usually very elegant, um, or, or grungy, I guess. Um, so I was like putting out stuff with my like handwriting and these really colorful photos, not really thinking it was gonna like take off. Um, but 
yeah, it did. And I think it's because I was so passionate about it and it was so authentic to me. And I think that's also why I've been able to keep up with it. And it's mm-hmm. because I really do love it. You know, I, I really do love creating in that style and it'll never get boring for me. Mm. I, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because, um, I'm sure people listening are either a fan of your shop or maybe they're also just curious about um, starting their own shop and someone, you know, maybe has an idea or just loves the idea of owning a shop, kind of like you said, too, like uh, having a product. I get that. I also love having physical products like digital is great, but like having something you can hold that you made is really cool. So I totally get what you're saying with that and just having the ability to share that with others. And so, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is just um, maybe, I don't know, give us some insight. Like, uh, is there anything you would maybe like say to people who want to start? Like, is there any tips or tricks or advice or just general thoughts on having a shop in the bookish community? Yeah. I mean, my biggest advice is to just do it because um, the Bookstagram community is very unique and people are so willing and excited to support each other. Uh, really, it, it's completely overwhelming to me sometimes the amount of people that genuinely want to support me just because they are my friends in the book community, you know, yeah. Um and I've seen it with so many other shops, you know, ever it's, we have such a unique um, outlet and group of people who just want to like help each other out and, and, um, and buy things that they love that make them happy, like quotes from books, you know? Um, so the, I mean, my biggest advice is to do it. There's no, um, there's really no negative that could come from it. Maybe it doesn't take off right away. That's okay. As long as you're creating something that makes you happy at the end of the day, that makes it worth it. Um, and then my other point of advice is, um, you know, I know that for some people, it might be hard to have the funds to be able to create something right away and actually create products without that, um, without the guarantee of someone purchasing it. There are so many websites out there now that basically let you uh, do pre-orders. So, you know, there's websites like Bonfire where you can create uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, um, all kinds of things like that, like wearable items where you don't have to front a cost and you get to say how much money you want to make per product and they'll even ship it out to your customers. So like a route like that would be probably a really awesome way to start out so that you do kind of get a little padding in there before you jump right into buying a ton of products and, and, um, you know, (laughs) spending a lot of money on products that you may not sell right away. Um, so yeah, there's so many uh, there's so many websites like that now that allow you to give that give you the flexibility to do that. Do you think that the market is saturated because there's like f- like four fandoms that everybody does? There's like Sarah J. Moss, Lee Bardugo, Harry Potter is another one that's been popular. Um, Cassandra Clare. Like I'm just like those are the four that immediately pop into my head, um, and like, but what if those are your favorite books ever, and you just have to talk about Resand some more? And I totally get it, everybody. I get it, but like, everybody does because honestly, he's everybody's book boyfriend. That, you know? <laughs> yeah, I honestly think that there is room for more uh, Sarah J. Moss in like, the world. There's like, I don't never think enough Resand. Ever... <laughs> is that Resand? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think that people are ever going to get tired of it, honestly. I um I really do agree with and that. And if you're, you know, if you're creating something that's unique, like sure, don't create like the same bookmark that we've all seen a million times, you know, like make it your own style or um choose a quote that's never been chosen before, you know, like that would for sure sell. Um yeah, there's there's room for everything out there for sure. Um that said, like the some of my most successful products have been the books that aren't popular because there aren't any merch for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'll create something for a non-popular book and then all of those fans will come out of the woodwork and be like, finally, you have a product for this, you know? And like that product will sell out, you know? Um, so yeah, don't ever feel pressure that like you need to be creating things for the most popular fandoms in that moment because there are fans for everything, every book, you know? Yeah, and and it kind of ties back into what you were saying about like your font too. It sounds like trusting yourself and being authentic to whatever it is that feels right and good to you and don't worry about if you think there's too much or if it's overdone or if it's not done enough. Like it's literally what you're just saying just I mean, cuz at the end of the day, especially if it becomes a business that's viable and takes up a lot of your time, you have to love it. Like you have to at least enjoy what you're doing because there's going to be always be challenges. And um, that does make a lot of sense. Definitely. And, you know, Hey Alice, the shop side of it has never been like my end all be all for making money. You yeah. know, it's never been like, I need to sell X amount of products this month. Um, it's always just been a fun outlet that if I make sales, like that's awesome. And I get to do cooler things now. Um, but if I don't like, I'm not, I don't beat myself up about it because the creative process for me was worth it anyways. Mm. Well, and that also takes the pressure off just because like, you know, especially this past year with the pandemic and like mental health and like if you're having a crap month or a really like non-creative few months, there's no emotional obligation to be like, oh, I have to do a new thing, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To put your, to put pressure on um, your passion like that is not a good thing to do. Um, so that's why I kind of have basically never had any expectations mm. for what happens with Hey Atlas. And it has definitely gone up and down, up and down, up and down for the past, you know, five years now. Um, you know, there's been months where it's been like amazing and I get a bunch of sales. And then like this past year, like I really didn't focus too much on it because, because of my life, <laughs> because of my, uh, working full time as a parent of a toddler during a pandemic. Um, huh. I didn't give it as much attention as I needed, as I, as I probably could have, but, you know, that's just how it was. And that's OK. You know, I didn't you know, I didn't put my pressure, the pressure on myself to like have to meet a quota, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, just hearing that for people, it probably maybe eases their mind a little bit, too, because sometimes I think we go into these ideas of business thinking it has to be a certain way and it has to hit a certain mark or or you know, that, that again, looking out externally at what others are doing or what you think is successful and feeling that you only need to follow that route for yourself. So it is nice to hear. I mean, I, I get, get it. And someone, you know, being someone who creates a lot and especially your professional creative, um, I am too, it's hard. The muse doesn't always show up and you have to be gentle with yourself sometimes. And so I get that for like taking the pressure off. Um, do you think, there have been any downsides to the shop or, or like any cons or, or maybe even twist that and say, like, if you were starting a shop now, is there anything you would give advice to yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like something that I've always tried to do is find ways to 
um, collaborate with others and like just especially the postergram community like like let's not make this competitive you know like we're all just trying to like have fun here and talk about the books that we love and if you're a creative like create cool products for this community and I've always um, tried to seek out ways that if there is another shop that you know I love that like I admire like I, I try to find ways to collaborate with them you know instead mm-hmm. of making them like competition um and honestly that's the best case scenario because you're able to lift each other up and i'm I'm laughing because like this is why we're friends this is literally if i had one message of my life it's community over competition like totally Totally. 100 percent honestly at the end of the day you both make out way better than if you hadn't have done that you know you know like now my customers and their customers are supporting like there's the cross there right and like I'm a super opportunistic person um, who, like, someone reaches out to me, they want to collaborate, like, hell yeah, I can not do my other responsibilities for days for today and, like, try something brand new Play? and shiny. Like, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's my biggest advice is, like, lean on other creators, support other creators, collaborate with other creators, and, like, you will be more successful at the end of the day because of that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think my favorite thing about working with others is that the end result is bigger than the two parts. You know, like uh, like oh, totally. I think of a, a photo shoot I did. This is a few years ago. I was part of this group that had this called the traveling dress, and it was a woman who had bought a vintage wedding dress, and she was sending it to photographers around the world, and we were all shooting this dress and then putting it into a book. Well, the photographer who got it either before me or after me lives like a state over and she is a horse photographer and I do fantasy photography where I bet put like girls in pretty dresses and we run through the woods with like fairy wings like that's what I do and so <laughs> I was like and I, but I used to work with animals and I used and I mainly work with birds but I was like man horses would be rad and she was like well I don't have the costumes I'm like I have the costume you have the horses so I loaded my car up and I went to maryland delaware area and we did like eight photo shoots in two days with like horses and that's dresses amazing. the photos are insane <laughs> like they're so cool yeah, that's amazing oh my god and i just like i sit there we actually she and i talked about that because i was just like this is so much cooler than we would have done by ourselves like she has access to a frisian which are like the black beauty the big black ones with the long beautiful hair wow. and like um you know i had these i had these i still have them they're they're angel wings that I made out of peacock feathers that I actually used on uh, Lauren Oliver's calendar photo shoot when I photographed her for my calendar a few years ago. And she, so I put them on the girl on the back of this horse. So this like angel is riding this horse around. It's just the coolest thing. And that's amazing. It's just, but that's what I mean. Like even now this is years ago, this happened and it still brings me so much joy because like you said, like you feed off of each other's creativity. And if you, actually put your ego aside and don't feel threatened by each other and actually don't feel like you're competing with each other and recognize that there is enough room in this world for all expressions of art and whatever that is you're just going to be better for it like that's that's my soapbox like seriously like oh my god (laughs) no it's so true and especially with the bostagram community there is room for everyone and more like all we want is more bookish fan art like that's all we want you Mm -hmm. know and so or or more things to you know to hold our books or or you know bookmarks it's like there can never be enough like i can't tell you how many shops i've seen in the past six years um and 
yeah, so definitely don't ever be intimidated by that, you know, just do the thing that makes you happy and create the thing that makes that fulfills you and and collaborate and seek out others, you know. Yeah, I I oh, I just all about that. Totally on the same page with you and just uh, if there's <laughs> anything you guys take away from this chat today, that's the thing. <laughs> Work with other people and don't be afraid to collaborate because you'll be better for it. Um so I do want to ask you, because I was creeping on your on your shop the other day. Um, you are trans and you're very comfortable talking about it on on Instagram and your personal social media as well. Um, you were saying to me before that you want to maybe start shifting some of your product more into like a, the queer spectrum of, of like quotes and representation. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm um, aside from Hey Atlas stuff, you know, I'm a huge advocate for just living my truth and speaking my truth and being completely open as a trans person and showing others like this is what trans can look like you know I am a parent I gave birth to a child you know I nursed my child for an entire year I married to a cis man you know like basically showing our family as an example and um never hiding who we are and so you know, that's, that's really big for me. And that's something that I always seek, try to seek out opportunities for to be able to do that um, for other people. And, you know, if you look at my personal Instagram, it's very much focused on that and yeah. um, extremely vulnerable and um, which can be really hard to do, but that um, has given me so many opportunities to work with other people who want to lift me up and help, help me use my voice. Um, and it's also connects me with so many people who are like, hey, like, thank you for being you and talking about it and wow. being open about it. Like, because of you, like, I feel comfortable coming out as trans now, you know? And like, so that's huge, huge. Like, when I get those messages, like, I cry, oh you know? I was because say, you're like helping someone literally change their life and helping them yeah. be themselves. And, you know, it's, wow. this, and I'm doing it because people have been that person for me growing up, you know? like on the internet, like years ago, you know, and so I want to be that person for other people. And, um, you know, so Instagram for me is my outlet for that. And that's all to say, like, Hey Atlas, I'm trying to combine those two worlds now is like, you know, Hey Atlas is such a huge outlet. And I do talk uh, openly about it on that account, but I really want to start moving my shop to more of a queer space and have more, um, uh, queer products and whether that be quotes from queer books or just um, more quotes in general that have to do with pride and, um, you know, pronouns and, and being trans. Like mm. that's something that I've been trying to focus on. Um, I launched my first product this year within that, within that space, which was a pronouns uh, enamel pin. Um, so that was kind mm. of like to test those waters. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm hoping to do more at some point when I have the free time. Um <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of my goal with uh, kind of transitioning towards that space. Um, but I will always create bookish products forever. So <laughs> those aren't going anywhere. Well, and again, it's your shop and it's your creative outlet. So if you're feeling the itch to go this way one day and that way the other, it's who's who cares? Do both. Doesn't matter. It's still yeah. all your brand. It's still all you, you know, it's still. Yeah. And and. You know, I actually think one of the bookmarks I have is from Red, White, and Royal Blue. I think you have a quote from there. Am I oh, yeah. remembering correctly? I feel like I have something from your shop that I was like, I was thrown in as a bonus. I was like, oh, I love, you know, this is great. Like, so it's nice. Um, it's just nice that you 
are able to maybe expand into something that again interests you and is important to you too so um yeah yeah, that's interesting just the vulnerability aspect talking about like online space and vulnerability and i think god it is it is always the 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 challenge isn't it like people feel like you have to put your best face all the time whatever that is for you and you know but but i feel like you know vulnerability and authenticity are are when you get the heart people the heart conversations and the 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 stuff that's meaningful you know yeah definitely and you know we don't need to be trans or queer or or whatever to to be vulnerable and make that space like you could just be like um, you know, like a parent during COVID, you know, struggling right now and be open about that. It's like, that's going to resonate with people, you know, or being a small business owner and how hard that is right now, you know, that will resonate with people. And I think like, you know, the more that you can um, speak, you know, speak your truth and, and really be who you are, like, the more people are going to see you as like an actual person yeah. and like the more they're going to want to support that actual person, you know, you're not just like a, a, a face hiding behind your small business or, or your pretty photos, you know? Um, so that's kind of something that I've always tried to, to make sure that I do on Instagram. You know, I obviously post positive things and, and I try to keep it mostly upbeat and, and optimistic, but um, yeah, but really tying in like, you know, the actual truth behind what's going on in my life at that time or, or what I'm struggling with as, as a t- trans person or a queer parent. Like, I think that's really important to put that out there. Or even just like, uh, was it last week? You just had a really crap week and like, you were just sort of like, I think you did a post of, it was like a book picture, but it was just like in the description, you were just like, yeah, this week was long and awful and yeah. I'm over it. And just, let's move on like you know and and just being real about life you know yep and so so many people reach out to me like being like yeah I feel it too you know and like having that community you know is like you can't have that actual genuine community without being you know honest about what is going on in your life like I there's there's privacy there obviously like you know we're not trying to like put everything out there but um yeah, I think it's just important to, to to kind of take down some of those walls sometimes to really be able to connect with other people. Mm. I'm trying to think if like what how I want to phrase this. Do you think that there are other perks like to having a great Instagram feed though, like even vulnerability aside, like I'm trying to think like aesthetically your feed is beautiful too. So even if you're being real and vulnerable, you still have like your, your feed looks great. I always have like feed envy for your feed. And I'm like, and even as a photographer, I'm like, I can like reverse engineer what they're doing, but I'm not sure I want to, because it's just so great to look at, you know, especially lately you're like, teasing everybody because you have an airstream especially people like me i'm like oh. trapped in my house for a year and i love camping so you're like <laughs> here i am in my airstream in the woods reading a book and i'm like shut up Cade. like I hate but it's like <laughs> lovingly so of course but it's so cool to to see your feed and how beautiful it is and and i guess um i don't know do you have any like suggestions or things for people who maybe are missing the mark there or like tips that you found have worked yeah, for you too honestly, yeah honestly it's all about consistency like I have been using the same filter on my photos for like I mean the same one currently for two years but you know before that it was another filter for like a whole year you know um find something that you really like and you know use it (laughs) 
for all of them, you know? And I feel like that's kind of all it takes from the start is like just being consistent about um, the coloring and the lighting, you know? Because then if you go to someone's feed and they're all similar coloring and, and exposure and everything, it's like, the, it just feels super consistent and unified and like instantly you have a beautiful feed. It's like you know? satisfying. Like that's really all it yes. It's like, oh, yeah. there's uh, there's cyan and everything here. Like this feels really good or whatever. Like, cause it's consistently, I've seen some feeds. I mean, it's really fun how people get creative. Like I've seen people who like go through the rainbow, like literally they'll have multiple for a couple weeks that are yellow and then it slowly transitions to orange. And so as you scroll, it's just like awesome. Yeah. But then I also oh see, like you said, people like yours, you just have like the same color scheme are you take, just taking photos with your phone like the book ones if you like phone is that like just your phone or do you actually use a nice camera so yeah this is just my phone like a couple of years ago pre having a kid I tried using a real camera and I found that like while yeah my photos looked really good it was like I I couldn't be bothered I was no, like no, no I just I just want to be able to do it with my phone this I don't want this to become a thing you know I don't want to become like like a a project I have to do every day, you know, whereas, but that's to say like some people like are really smart about it. I'm not. Some people will like take photos for like a whole week at a time. Yep. <laughs> Genius. Yep. <laughs> I don't do that. But um, yeah, I've, I've been using my phone now for just a couple, for a couple of years. Like I feel like it's definitely good enough for, for Instagram, well, you know, you do portrait mode. I can tell, I mean, I'm assuming cause it's things yeah. like a blur out. You have some like depth of field, shallow depth of field happening, which you know, phones can do that now, which is like, that's, I think half of the perk of having a nice camera is having the lens control and the aperture control, which you can't do before this, but now you can. So everyone can do it, you know, which is great. Um, and I, I, I'm glad you're saying that because I've had a couple other bookstagrammers on who are the plan and shoot multiples at once, which I'm wired like you. So I'm always like, oh, I guess I could try that, but it, like that's the perfect way to say it. Like I don't want it to become a thing, and for me, it's a thing, and for you, it's a thing. And I'm sure there's so many people listening that it's like, oh, I just want to like impulsively like take a quick photo with my coffee. How do I yep. do this and make it actually look? That's literally yeah. Me every single morning with my coffee, being like, oh crap, I need a photo today, <laughs> and you know. But it's it's kind of cool. It's like my little creative project every morning, and like it gives you know it gives me like the good feels that like mm -hmm. I created something cool, and you know editing it and stuff and. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of time these days to do like anything extra than that, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to be able to do that. And I'm so spontaneous too, with like what I'm reading and like, you know, what I'm in the mood for that day. That's like, that kind of just works for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, there's, I think there's pros and cons to both. I mean, one of my friends who was on and who's talked about it is, is um her instagram handle is amanda the bookish i'm not sure if you follow her um but she has yeah, I think I do. she's around twenty thousand followers i think maybe 21 now at this point but she she has she got a um a nice lens i think it was about a year ago and so she'll do like really fancy setups and like just shoot a bunch of stuff and but it's great because they all have like really cool depth of field and shadows and lighting and they're all there's a consistency but again, it, that's how that's what best works for her. She just like does it, and I'm all, I'm always. Yeah, I mean, her, her feet is beautiful, so um, I envy so much. Like, yeah, I think those feeds are amazing. They're like works of art, you know. Honestly, yeah, I'm. I I wish there's you know that's the. I wish I was that way. I really do. I really really do. But <laughs> I can't be bothered. But that does again. But that that's the whole point of this conversation is it doesn't if you don't have the patience or the time to do that consistently 
it's what you can do consistently and it's about exactly. making it fit your vibe with what you can do and i think that's the thing that the message that i think both the other uh, bookstagrammers i talked to too it's like don't let it become a thing whatever that means like just doing it the consistency just showing up and actually like posting photos that feel right for you is is matters more than what you think you should be doing yep exactly um are you working on anything new in the shop like i know you were just saying the year's been crazy and i think i saw you posted a pin from the bone season not that long ago and you were talking about you wanted to maybe do some more pins soon or something so like do you have any like ideas in the works that are like coming up relatively soon i i have ideas <laughs> um I would love to do some more enamel pins soon. That's definitely like my favorite thing to do these mm. days. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's so cool to like, they just feel so real, you know, like it's yeah. not paper. It just yeah. feels like such a real product. And like the, um, the thought pattern that you have to go through to create those and like, think about it as a real 3d product is, is also just a really cool process. Um, so yeah, I have some ideas. I just, you know, need to like carve up the time for. Um, but I'm really excited. I, I think I mentioned this on my feed recently um, in a post. I know I put it in a story, but I'm going to be collaborating with Bookbo um, in the next month or so. Um, so that'll be really cool. Um, I've followed Bookbo forever and um, have even met Benita a few times. So she's a really good internet friend of mine. And yeah, we finally have the chance to collaborate together, which is going to be super fun. I am looking forward to that. I think that would be fun to kind of expand your visibility, your product line, and also like, again, collaborating, like you're going to get something cool that you've never done before. Um, and so will they. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I really love like the collaboration thing is like something I'm still like seeking out even more. So I feel like um, in the past year or so I've, I've reached out to authors and like being able to work on pre-order swag and stuff. It's just so cool to me to be able to like authors, like really feel like celebrities to me. I mean, even more so than celebrities probably. Because, <laughs> they are your celebrity. Cause you're like, you, know, you spend so much time yeah. with like what they've done. And so it just takes over your entire being. So like mm -hmm. then the fact that you get to like collaborate and talk to this person is like mind blowing. So um, that's something that I'm constantly seeking out and um yeah, if any authors are listening and you want to collaborate, hit me up. <laughs> I mean, you're preaching to the choir, to the podcaster who interviews authors every week. <laughs> I get it. I mean, it's, yeah, for me, it's the joy of, of, I just like picking the brains of other creatives. That's my, that's what I'm, how I'm wired is it's, it's not just specifically books, but I just love the creative process and, and how we all connect to that inside. And, and so I get the celebrity thing too. It's, it's. <laughs> it's it's just funny because they're just people everybody's just people you know but know. it's hard because then you're like especially if you're at a signing for a big author and everyone's feeding off each other's energy and then it's like oh my god i get to meet so-and-so yeah, like, you know it's like um jody, jody meadows uh-huh um her books um she she wrote the before she ignites series i like that was my favorite book i've ever read from an owl crate before and um I like slowly started talking to Jody on Instagram and now we're like friends and it's like super weird still. I mean, not weird at all. It's like amazing, mm. but like, I still feel like she's way cooler than me, you know? Um, 
But yeah, Instagram is so cool like that though. Like yeah. there's so many authors that like I'll post about and then they comment or DM me like with a thanks or or asking how I like liked the book. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, this is crazy. Well, that just know? happened with the Jennifer Armitrout book. So you posted a really just a one of your quick snaps. I think it was maybe when you were camping and she retweeted it or re- retweeted. Hello. Reposted it in her stories. And then someone from her team reached out to you about like a, a, a book for or yeah. like a box for media box like for promotion like you're like yeah. got it like just because you posted a photo and you have a good reach and you talk about stuff and you know it, it's and that's part of it too is like I'm sure the consistency helps grow your audience which then helps you know people then want to trust you that I mean that's where I'm at with the authors I can just name drop the big authors if it's an author or a publisher I've never worked with and be like yeah here are these people and they go oh okay and they can actually take me seriously as opposed to so it's just building up and and starting you know building that consistency but I just love that you were able to post and you're like yeah this is awesome here have a have a merch box (laughs) you're like okay (laughs) yeah exactly it blows my mind every time and it's just I just yeah I just love connecting with people and to be able to connect with authors is like the best the best possibility you know so yeah really cool yeah what is that like there's something you just a feeling a rush you get from a good book it just that's like an intangible thing that we all are chasing I think which is why this community is so passionate and so I don't know it's just maybe it's just because they're voicing the feelings and thoughts we don't even know we have sometimes perhaps I don't know mm-hmm. and you like really like live those lives you know um of the characters like yeah I mean you know you finish a book and you feel like you just hung out with like five people and they're your best friends now and it's yeah. just it's yeah it's it's really it's really awesome uh but we already know that yeah I know if you I could have any like non-normal element to your life what would you like magic or like elemental or like flying or like is there anything you've always like oh man I read that in a book and I'm like that would be so cool do you ever oh, have man. do you have like oh. a thing I mean there's like I have like 10 but like I'm like is there always one that you <laughs> I feel like I probably have 10 too um oh like, man are there like any books you've read recently they're like or just in general that it pops in your head you're like that was so cool oh man um I know it's like picking <laughs> picking your baby like which is your favorite like book it's the same kind I know of I don't know. I mean, I've always thought flying was super cool, obviously. I yeah. mean, like, who doesn't want to fly around? But yeah. um, I haven't really read many books where people fly, though. That's the thing. Um, I like books where people fly on things, like animals. That's like true. Like giant phoenixes and, like, you know, flying giant giant eagles or whatever. But, like, um, I think mine would be if I – and I just think this is, it would be really fun in practice but like I wish I had the ability to speak all the, every language fluently oh, yeah. without an accent like obviously yeah. I'm you know I'm white if I went to Korea I would stand out but it would be awesome if I spoke Korean fluently and people would be like what the heck or like you know Swahili or like whatever you know oh. like that's mine if I could pick one if I had to pick one people always say invisibility or flying and I'm like yeah, those would be cool I wouldn't like say no obviously but yeah if there was something that could make me like read books really fast, that'd be really cool. <laughs> Cause there are too many books that I'm not gonna be able to finish by the time I die. I know. Um, and there's what that dozens that come out every week. Like it's it's a losing oh. battle, I think. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Like it's crazy. Oh my gosh. I know. My library, I feel like I've only read like thirty to fifty percent of the books that I actually own. And it's yeah. it stresses me out because <laughs> I'm always like buying more. I'm looking at like three stacks of books I've just gotten relatively recently and I'm just like, oh my God. I mean I've read maybe half of the well, this stack is my podcast stack, so I've read most of them. But um yeah, it's it's I get it. Um I actually I feel like there is a there's a class for that, but maybe not on a superhuman level. That would be really cool. <laughs> um, speaking of books, are there any good books you've read recently that you would recommend to our listeners? It doesn't have to be fantasy sci-fi, even though this is technically like a fantasy sci-fi focused podcast. Um, I know my listeners read across the board. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm going to pull up my Goodreads real quick. Mm-hmm. And... I do the same. Well, we can already start. Cade and I are actually currently we're buddy reading um, from Blood and Ash, the series from Jennifer Armentrout. And Cade had just posted about like, should I start this book? And I was like, I need to read it, too. Do you want to read it together? And you were like, yeah, let's do this. And it was really fun because we were both like, holy crap, this part. And you're like, oh, my God, what? Like, it's yeah. So it's been fun. It is always fun. I enjoy buddy reading with people when I get the chance. Um, but I, I think those books have been really fun and enjoyable they're they're creative they're they've got jennifer's signature sexiness that she's really good at um and they're very clever like yeah uh, i personally highly recommend those and i think you would probably second that yes i second all of that (laughs) (laughs) um super good uh very addicting can't put it down and they're big books you know and i'm i'm not a fast reader and the fact that I, you know, we first start, started talking about buddy reading. I was like, yeah, I think I could I could probably finish this by the end of the month. And then we like both finished. I mean, you know, you're much faster than I am. But like I was able to finish it in like under a week. I said we did it which in like crazy three, three and a half days, four days, something like that. Like it was pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, I do audio books and like audio lets me putz around the house and do other things while I do audio. So that does help me get ahead. But but your point being, your point still stands is that we both devoured that book because it was so good. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say, like, and we've already talked about this. You already know that I am the biggest Sarah Beth Durst fan there is. <laughs> um, I, and I, so the Queen of Blood, the Qu- Queen of Renthea series mm-hmm. is what it's called. Queen of Blood is the first one. Total, total mind blown. Awesome. Probably the most, like, immersive world I've ever read. Just so detailed and um magical but so approachable like I never felt like I was overwhelmed like you know when you start a fantasy book and you're like I don't even know like I can't like there's too much here it's too hard to grasp her books are not like that like you just dive right in yeah um so definitely her and then I also have been starting to read her other uh standalones recently so I just finished uh Race the Sands which again like just so immersive um you just feel like you're there you just dive right into this world and these characters that feel so real and I again I couldn't put it down it was so good and it's it's about monster racing which is not something that I would ever choose to read like I don't like sport books I don't like you know like racing kind of like books like that but um this it was so good it was so good it's so much more than just a monster racing book there's so much more to it you know yeah I loved the bone maker that was the one I read recently to interview her on and it was 
easy to read. It was fun to read. It was a delight. Um, it was fun because it's that one's about like middle-aged heroes who have to go back into to fight the the evil they thought they had finished and it's like oh it's not over yet so it's like even funny there's even like oh my neck or oh like it's like what have you done for the past 25 years it's basically friends who kind of drifted apart and have to come back together these like five heroes and who are they as adults and you know 25 years later or whatever and just it was funny it was engaging it was clever and creative um, I have come to appreciate standalones a lot more in the past few years because I used to like fight them because I was like, I want, I know I'm going to want more, but if it's done well, you feel very satisfied at the end. So um, totally. she does a good job with that. So I, I also second her as well. She's really great. The Renthia books are also really great. I haven't read all of them. I've read most of them. I haven't read this, the spinoff one. Oh, yeah. Um, you can definitely read it, like, without having read the series prior. You can, like, just dive right into that one. Um, though I I guess it depends on what kind of world you prefer. So, like, the original series is set, like, in a forest, which is, my, like, that's what I love. Um, and the, the standalone one is set, like, in islands, like, islands and oceans, which is really awesome. But not, like, my, like, top, you know, location for a fantasy book. Um, but story was still amazing and like I loved every second of it isn't that fascinating how that happens too with books like you have these I have even like preconceived ideas of things I don't like and half the time most of the time I'm actually wrong but it's still like this ingrained in me like I, I remember talking with um, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff about this I interviewed them when when Aurora when the first Aurora book came out and I remember being like I don't I don't even know if I like sci-fi and they were like everybody says that they're like we're so overhearing that because you do like sci-fi it's not just what you think it is like and so and same thing for me like I tend not to like for example like pirate books but I just read and interviewed Adeline Grace for like you know all the stars and teeth her duology and I also interviewed Adrian Young with her fable duology both of which are kind of oceany shippy adventure seafaring kind of books loved them could not recommend either of those higher like so it's just if it's done well wow, yeah. you can like put that aside so i totally get what you're saying too like i naturally also gravitate more towards forest but if it's if it's if it's something you love <laughs> and it's the world and it's the writing you don't you don't really notice you know yeah totally totally anything else um man um well let's all right we can go a little bit into the thriller because that's like my page is also like a lot of thriller uh, i was gonna actually books. They will not get that from me for the most part. Like I've read like Into the Woods by Tana French and I loved it, but that's like all I can tell you. <laughs> like that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So I read, I read a lot of thriller and mystery and crime books. It's kind of like all I read last year um, because mm -hmm. I was pretty burnt out on fantasy just because I had read so much of it. Um, yeah. But now I'm back in the fantasy genre again and I'm, I'm loving every second of it. So I'm glad for that. Um, but yeah, so let's see. Some of the better thriller books that I have read. Um, I read The Nesting by C.J. Cook, and it takes place in um, in Norway, like in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. And it's so atmospheric, and, um, and the, pers the different perspectives are just like so on point, and the narrator, it's, I just loved, I loved it so much. Um, it's it's pretty dark but it's it's I couldn't put it down it's one of those like you, you pretty much read it in like one or two sittings books um and 
Yeah. And that was probably like the best one that I've read in the past, like six months. I mean, those are all great recommendations. And we did throw a lot. We're like, here's two authors to read, not just specifically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's, those are some good options. And it's, it's also good because, you know, the first two are, I don't, I don't actually know anything about the thriller author. I, like I said, I know very little about thriller, but I know at least the fantasy authors are established. And so like, if there's someone you've heard of and don't, haven't read or maybe you've read this series but not that series it's worth exploring their other works too so that's always a good kind of recommendation as well yeah and if you're looking to get into um the thriller crime genre i cannot recommend enough um the instagram page crime by the book um abby is amazing she has an incredible blog that's very like an actual blog that's very helpful um it breaks it up into all the different subgenres, even locations like if they're international it's amazing mm-hmm. it's uh super extensive and yeah so if anyone's looking to get into this genre but doesn't really know where to start i would definitely start with crime by the book um she's incredible okay that's a good that's a really great recommendation yeah i'm like sorry guys that is a big hole in my in my life with reading i read those that are usually only like when my book club reads them and i'm like oh okay i'll read this because my friend likes it or whatever but yeah and it's funny because again i usually like them but i guess i always think of like fiction as like stuff emotional stuff i'm not sure i want to deal with which doesn't even make sense because i cry and deal with stuff in fantasy too i don't even know i totally get that the the reason (laughs) i devour thriller books is because like the whole like who done it puzzle aspect is like you literally can't put the book down, you know? Mm. So you just end up devouring books because you need to know like who is the killer or like what is the twist? Like the twists get me. They just like draw me in and they yes. just keep me hooked, you know? And it's so like doing it well, like when you're done and the revelation happens and you can then look back and see the little seeds that were planted that you didn't even know were seeds, like yeah, that sort that. of plotting is oh. And I think about that even in general plotting. Like I've said this on, on other podcasts. If you've listened to my like older stuff, I have. I am. I'm a big fan of Jim Butcher's uh, The Dresden Files. I love that series. I think it's fantastic. But his plotting is insane. Like there is stuff that happens in like books one, two, and three, and your book twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He's like, hey, remember that thing that wasn't really a thing in those first books? Actually, it's a thing. And like these, the way things are woven. And I just remember being like, this is crazy. Um, it's really fun when, when they can do that. So I, I actually think about that when I do have, cause I read a lot of like urban fantasy. So there's usually a killer involved in those. It's just got, you know, that either werewolf, vampire, shifter, mm-hmm. magic elements too. But it is always interesting to see how they get to the, the conclusion, the murderer, the whodunit and if they do it well. And yeah, I, I can totally agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. So this was really fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really glad we got to kind of chat about your shop and about your Instagram and just your life. And um, yeah, I think you're a really interesting person. And I love your, I love, like you said, your feed and, and your products. And I just, I think my listeners um, either are fans of yours or hopefully will become fans. And yeah, I just, it's fun to provide insight to things that I know interest people. And I think being a small business owner uh, during a pandemic in the book community, that's a very niche thing. (laughs) Um, But just talking about, you know, how it's been and what, what works and just giving some advice. I think it's been really um, interesting and helpful for people. So thanks. 
Oh, well, thank you. I'm very honored to be a uh, part of your podcast. You've interviewed amazing people. So I, yeah, I feel uh, like they're way cooler than I am. And <laughs> uh, really, really excited that you asked me to, uh, to jump on this. Oh, I'm so glad. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, we will be back next week with a new episode. Uh, don't forget to check us out on our Etsy shop and our website. And you can check out our Patreon as well. All of those are Ink Feather books. Um, but for now, this is Lauren and Cade saying bye. Bye. Bye.